0: Family Church. Family.
1: If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 6 and get that prepared, get that going. Um, I want to do something uh, real quick before we move on, because uh, we really don't know how much longer we have until we can do this. But uh, uh, Kyle, Jessica, Hannah, if y'all want to come on up. I love dragging people up front. <laughs> We drag first, then we beat later, right now? <laughs> we just want to, as a church, say how much we love you and we appreciate you guys, every single one of you, including the one that's about to be coming soon, right? <laughs> In fact, if y'all pray real hard, it could be, even be today, right? Right? <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> appreciate y'all we love you guys
0: we love ya. Thank you, Thank you. We, love ya.
1: we know that uh, we know that it could be at any I know we just technically got a few more weeks left but it uh, we've learned this the babies come when they were ready to come <laughs> amen they're ready to be coming whenever they're ready to be coming. That's just how it is. So be praying for them. Be praying for that family. Um, I know that that's as exciting as it is. It's also just a little bit nervous time, a little edgy time, because you've uh, uh, you got a, a whole big change going on in life. And, and uh, it is a big change, but it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So we pray for them very much, and we hope that you are so, so blessed. All right, Mark chapter 6. Starting at verse 1, um, as you are turning there and getting going there, I do have one other announcement. Uh, next Sunday, okay, next Sunday is going to be a little bit different, and that's a good thing, right, because we're, we're going to shake things up just a little bit by having an evening service instead of a morning service. So instead of getting up early and getting yourself all primped up and ready to go and get here, you have a few extra hours, Do so, all right. You have a few extra hours to get ready because we are going to have next Sunday an evening service because that's the 4th of July. Wow, it's already here, right? After that, we start singing Christmas carols, amen. Uh, Now, the 4th of July is here, it is is basically upon us, so we're going to do it a little differently by having a service at five o'clock that evening. And uh, we are going to have a baptism immediately following that service. So, so excited about that. If you have been thinking about being baptized or, or, or um, maybe you want to know more about that, just please come and let me know. Come and see me and I'll be glad to, to talk with you about that. And we'll be glad to take advantage of that opportunity. to to baptize you that same evening. So that's next Sunday, 5 o'clock service, baptism to follow, and then we're going to have a fish fry immediately after that. So we are going to have just a good time in the Lord in every way that you could possibly have a good time in the Lord, right? We're going to worship, we're going to fellowship with Him, we're going to have a baptism, a celebration, and then we're going to baptize some fish into some... Uh, tartar sauce or cocktail sauce or whatever it is that uh, you want to do and we will have some fellowship after that. So uh, just look forward to that. That's again next Sunday. You're all welcome to come on out and be a part of that and bring some people with you. We will, I promise, we'll have plenty to eat because uh, we, don't, we don't fear a whole lot of things here in this church. There's only one thing that I really know that we, two things that I really know that we really fear. Number one, we fear the Lord. We 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 respect, we all, we, we're in all of him, we fear him. Number two, we are deathly afraid of running out of food. All right, so we will have enough of that, I promise. So come on out and be a part of that, and we'd love to have you, and any of, anybody else that you want to drag along with you. All right. Oh, there will be children's church that night, too. There will be children's church that night, so just be prepared for that. Kiddos, you'll have something special going that evening as well, so. All right, Mark chapter 6, and then we're going to go to Luke chapter 7. I do have a little bit of reading to do today, a few passages that we are going to read. I hope that's okay. Um, some, Some of you, it's going to be catch up. Maybe you got behind in your Bible reading last week, and this is going to help you catch up. Maybe you are already all up on your Bible reading, and this is just going to help you go even further. This is going to help you get started before next week. Whatever that is. All right. Mark chapter 6. If you have it, say, I have it. Good deal. Then he went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. Saying, Where did this man get these things? And and what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except he had laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled, not the comic book, he was amazed. Jesus was amazed. Wow. He was amazed. I want you to really grab a hold of that. He was amazed. Yeah. Dig into that. Because of their unbelief. Then He went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Everybody say, He was amazed. He was amazed. Go now to Luke chapter 7. And we'll start reading at verse 1 on this as well. Luke 7, starting at verse 1, and we're going to read all the way through verse 108. I just wanted to see your faces. I wanted to see who was going to be like, yeah, and who was going to be like, oh, man. Okay, I just wanted to see, just because I'm just curious like that. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and he has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does that. Wow, I need him at my house. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. Verse 9 again, and when he heard these things, he was amazed. He was amazed. Turn to your neighbor and say, He was amazed. He was amazed. Father God, we are amazed. (laughs) We are amazed by Your grace. We are amazed by Your power, by Your Holy Spirit, by Your Word, by Your will, by Your way. We are amazed by You. So Father, I pray, I pray that we never lose that amazement. We never lose that wonder. We never lose that curiosity. We never lose that passion to pursue and that fire that burns even in the midnight hours that want to see You more clearly, hear You more dearly, know You more deeply, be used by You. We need You, Lord. Father, let this Word... Let it move forward forward into all of our hearts, doing exactly what you want it to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Did you realize that you can amaze Jesus? Now that's amazing to me. I've seen some amazing things in my life. I've had the wonderful privilege of doing a little bit of traveling and seeing some amazing things. And I'm still amazed at, at, at a lot of things in life. There are a lot of things in life that still amaze me. They, they really do. It, it, it amazes me how um, a, a, little bitty, a little bitty egg inside of someone can be fertilized and just begin to multiply and split and divide and grow and, and form into something so miraculous. Someone so miracu- miraculous. I mean, if you've been in that moment where you counted every little finger and every little toe and you just thought, wow, Lord, how fearfully and wonderfully made it. And it all started with with just that. It amazes me how... How you can go out and see the mountains and the oceans and just see how God spoke that into existence. It, it amazes me how He told the stars where to go and how to hang and, and even to create some designs that to this day still put us in, in wonderment. It, it, things are amazing to me. I, I, I'm, there's probably very few days that don't go by that I'm not amazed by something. I'm still amazed how Walmart is pulling off, making every one of us check our own selves out. I'm still amazed at that. I'm waiting for my W-2 to be in the mail, because I did a lot of work for them last year. (laughs) I'm amazed by those certain things. I'm amazed every time. I don't do it often, but every time I do hear the news, I'm amazed at somebody else or something else that is... Way off, way off kilter, way off balance, and still trying to justify themselves in in the ways of life. I am amazed at all of that. But one thing I'm truly, truly, greatly amazed for is how I can truly and greatly amaze our God. Have y'all ever thought about that? Have y'all ever just, just, just wondered, sat and wondered and meditated on the fact that here is Jesus Christ, the one who the Bible says there was nothing made that wasn't made by Him, being the incarnate Word of God, the tangible expression of the very Word and same Word that spoke in the very beginning? He is Jesus. He, he is, he, when Jesus rolls up on the scene, He says, when you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Me and my Father, we are one. I don't do anything unless He tells me to do so. We are one. We're in this together. And my Father, my, the Holy God above is so all-powerful, all-knowing, so wonderful, so great, so big. We can, in all of our minds, come together even begin to scratch the surface in comprehension of who he really is am i safe in saying that are y'all okay if he knows all of that and he has all of that in his grasp it amazes me that i can amaze someone so amazing It amazes me how cool it is to think that I could have his attention for just a moment. How amazing it is that there is something that he's so in in something and the things that I do and I'm about, that I have an opportunity on a daily basis to amaze him. Amazing. It's amazing how many of you want to amaze Jesus one hand says no <laughs> no I don't and the other hand says yes yes I do because we have two amazing moments <laughs> two amazing moments here in scripture where Jesus actually stepped back and scratched his head and said whoa wow, when is the last time you saw something on this earth that made you say, wow? And some of y'all have been behind masks for too long. <laughs> I've seen the inside of my mask long enough, and, and yeah, I'm not wowed by that anymore. <laughs> How many of y'all ready to move on? Some of y'all ready to move on? good. <laughs> good. Even the kiddos are like, yes, <laughs> move on. All right. All right. When's the last time we saw something that just amazed us? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me take a, a, another stab at that, another, another look at that around a different angle. When's the last time you stopped long enough to look at something and think about something that you were amazed by it? When's the last time you just said "time out, world, time out, my agenda, time out, everything else"? Just, just time out, and I'm going to dwell in this moment for long enough to, to be amazed by it. I wonder how many things we're missing. I wonder how many opportunities we're missing. To see the amazing power of God, how many opportunities we're missing to see God and how He's put things together and designed things. Has God ever done something in your life that you just said, "Wow, that was amazing"? Amen. How He just, just, whoa, that, that's so cool. I was talking with somebody the other day, and, and, and um, this the new ministry adventure that I'm that I'm walking out on recently is causing me to have to stretch outside of my comfort zone and talk with people to hopefully bring some support in so that I can keep doing some ministry in the schools and as I'm doing that I'm amazed by two things I'm amazed number one by some of the opportunities that people just refuse to step into because they're so wrapped up in what they want that they don't stop long enough to ask God what he wants and I'm amazed that they're willing just to say okay God You go do your way, I'll go do mine. And Then every once in a while, hopefully we will cross paths. But I'm also amazed at this, that with every disappointment, there's an opportunity for faith to rise up and see God open up a bigger door than I ever thought was possible. I'm so amazed to watch God open up big doors that I could not Open my own self. I'm amazed to watch God at work. I'm so amazed to watch God work. Right? And in these situations, here we have Jesus amazed at how we work as people. Or maybe not work as people. Right? Both of these amazing moments, both of these amazing situations have a common thread. One common thread is that they are real close in vicinity. Okay? One was actually at his hometown, the hometown of Nazareth. Right? The hometown of Nazareth in Jesus' day may have had 200 ish people in it, small community. Small town. And if any of you have ever been in or lived in or around a small community or a small town before, you know it can be a wonderful thing, right? Because everybody knows everybody. There are times that I'll see people in a store. And and not so much now, but when we first were, were married and getting together, stuff, was like, "How did you know that person?" I said, "Oh, well, we went. To, I went to school with him. He was about six years ahead of me in school. How did you know somebody six years ahead of you in school? Because she went to a much bigger school, and they just kind of knew each other there in that one little moment. And here I am knowing people. I knew people in when I was a senior. I knew people in kindergarten, and vice versa. That's just it's a small community because you knew everybody. I still talked to teachers that I had. I got." I got teachers on Facebook. They'll get me every once in a while that I had and had the opportunity not to just have teach me knowledge, but get to know them as people. And it was really cool. It was a small community, really, really cool. It's a good thing. It's also a bad thing because everybody knows everything about you, or at least they think they do, right? At least they think they do. Unfortunately, in Jesus' situation, that was the case. In his hometown where he was raised up as as, as little Jesus boy, as the one being raised up to play stickball or whatever it is that he played, and I have a feeling he was pretty good at it, right? I bet Jesus was an awesome athlete. All he had to do was say, go ball, get in the goal. There it goes. Anytime he wanted to, he could make it all happen, right? He could make it happen. Wow, how did your team win the championship every single year, Jesus? Because I don't lose, <laughs> right? And, and, and the little Jesus boy being raised up around 200-ish people, and they think they know little Jesus boy. They think they know all about little Jesus boy. They think they know everything about not just where he is, but where he's from. And Jesus is really trying to give them an update to say, hey, where I was is not necessarily where I'm going, right? Where I used to be is not necessarily where I'm going. And that's good news for you and me. How many of you are glad that where you used to be is not where you're going, right? There's a distinct difference in that now. And it's because of the power of something amazing called Jesus Christ and His grace. And the work that He gave us to make sure we could receive that grace. And so you have this group of people seeing Jesus, thinking that they know everything that there is to know about Him. And the Bible says they're offended when He stretches their thinking. Now, that word is a hot topic and a hot button these days. In fact, when I read it, some of, I could hear some of you go, Ooh, we're getting on something touchy today. Because everybody's offended at something today. Right? Everybody's offended about this and offended about that. I'm still offended they can't make cholesterol-free bacon. And don't you throw that turkey bacon stuff at me. That is not Bacon. That is a meat-flavored fruit roll-up. That's all that that is. It's not right. It's not natural. It's not. There's, no, it's, there's nothing good about that. It's, no. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Amen. There you go. <laughs> I, I, so see, we think we know so much. And when God comes in to say, let me expand you a little bit. We're like, no, that's okay, I'm good right here. I just want to know Jesus for who Jesus was when Jesus was a little boy. I just want to stay back at that, and I just want to keep him there inside of that little box. And Yuna and I both know that that is impossible. Even Mary, his mother, had to let him get that box and bust it out. It's impossible. And the crazy thing about this is that Jesus is so amazed. Not in a good way. He's amazed at their unbelief. In fact, if you read another... This happens two times. Two times Jesus goes to teach his own people in their synagogue and both times they're like I can't believe this is Jesus who is this how is this happening what is going on this is this is blowing me away and both times it says they were offended at this and one time they even got so mad at Jesus that they tried to catch him get him and throw him off a cliff I'm not kidding why Because oftentimes what people can't control, it scares them. And here's the crazy thing about God. You can't control Him. It's the other way around. So we can form our own little God, little G deities, based upon our own self-justifications. But that's not going to amaze anybody. I'm very thankful today that I don't know everything there is to know about God. I'm very thankful today that I can't sum God all up in one phrase sentence book. I'm very thankful that I'm not controlling him. He's Controlling me. Very thankful for that. Jesus is amazed, not in a good way. But even crazier than that, did you notice what Jesus did in that moment? Bible says in that very first section that I read to you, Bible says Jesus said, I'm not going to do many mighty works here because of their unbelief. I'm just going to heal a few people. That would blow some churches wide open right now if just a few people in the service got healed. Ouch! What I'm speaking on today may not sound like it, but I'm speaking on a little bit of revival. I'm touching on revival. And I want you to understand that revival is not always a point in time. Revival is not a point in time, it's a position of life. Could it be, could it be, that God is already stirring revival in personally in our hearts, even right now? And so with that revival, we just kind of sit back and wait And we think, well, if if God is is going to do this and God is going to move, well, then, then I hope to be some part of it or be around that somewhere. When God is trying to give us a little clue to say, your faith is the revival needed right where you are at. See, revival is not for the lost. Salvation is for the lost. Evangelism is for the lost. Revival is for those that need reviving. Yeah. Revival is for those that have been complacent to the point where they're like, "Yeah." It's just another church service. It's just another time in prayer. It's just another day. It's just another worship song. It's just another scripture. It's just another this. It's just God. It's just Jesus. It's just the Holy Spirit. It's just another day. We get up on Monday and we do our thing where we survive all the way till Friday, and then we spend all of our Monday through Friday so that it makes us go back to work on Monday again. And then here we are caught in this of life and it is not amazing anymore God is not amazing anymore and that's why I asked when's the last time that when's the last time that you've been with God in such a way that you could just look up at him and say I am so amazed by you I think, in a, I think in that moment, I think our anxieties and our worries and our fears and our doubts and our depressions will be handled. I didn't say that there wouldn't be some struggles from time to time, but I would say in that moment, when all of these other things look so much smaller than the God in whom we serve, things will be in proper perspective and that's where your faith flourishes. The other common thread between these two, not only being close in proximity, the first one where Jesus was amazed in unbelief, and the second he was amazed in their belief was 25 miles apart. Just a quick little 25-mile walk. I mean, if you, Quick little 25 easy mile walk, right? If I have to walk more than 10 steps to the refrigerator, I get upset. Just a quick little 25 little jog there, and he goes 25 miles just... 25 miles later. And he finds someone who is not even a Jew. Who doesn't even really know God like the 200 knew God. And yet, he's amazed. The other common thread is faith. That means this, Jesus is amazed by your faith one way or the other. That means in this very moment, we have the opportunity, the same opportunity we have every single day to amaze God one way or the other. And I love how Jesus did this in a way where there's no prerequisites. Someone who's been raised in church for 65 years, someone who has served God for 97 years, can amaze Him just like someone who's never served Him ever before and just stepping in for the first time to say, you amaze me, God. You amaze me. I'm going to wrap this up by just simply leaving you with that question. How amazed are you by God? That's going to give you a clue as to where your faith is positioned. We just sang a very wonderful song about how we bow and we come down to before Him and just asking Him to cleanse us and wash us. And so we, we, what we're really saying is, God, we place our faith not in what we think we know about You, but we place our faith in You. That's why we sing, "O oh God of Jacob." Jacob, the one who had lots of questions, the one that was still wrestling, even with his identity, but yet he chose to wrestle with God and not against God. He chose to hold on to God and say, I, whatever may come, whatever may go, I'm not letting go of you until you move in my life. I wish that we had more people in the church like that, that could honestly say, I'm wrestling with some stuff, but I'm going to wrestle with some stuff, not by myself, but with God. And whenever we are finished wrestling with this, I know that God will have moved in my life. And it changed everything. The whole trajectory of the rest of his life completely changed. Because he chose... Not to let go of God. And you mark my words? The church is going to be put in that position. Even more so in the upcoming days and years. We are going to be put in a tight spot, church. We're already there. It's a wake up call. We're there. The church is put in a tight spot. Spot and it's going to get tighter, but that's good news. You know why it's good news because that's right where God does His best work through the church. I'm looking for revival, I'm not looking for a a moment in time where we can go, Oh, that's revival. I am looking to be revived. On a daily basis. I'm looking for refreshing. I'm looking for resuscitation. I'm looking for God to begin stirring His complacent church up. Get ready, church. Get ready. And I'm going to tell you this. We have the opportunity to amaze
0: God. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.